My name is Jablani Masilela and welcome to Be the Change with Jabu podcast. Now I'm a firm believer that whatever social ills or injustices that you see in your very own nation, country, community, society, be it church, workplace or otherwise, that you ought to be that very change. You ought to be that quintessential example of the very change that you desire to see in your community. Now on this podcast you will learn not only from myself but various guests as well who are being about that change, who are the advocates of that very change they wish to see in their living space. Ladies and gents, we have here today a really special guest. This is a lady who we have had an episode with in video form and if you're interested you could go back and try to find that you know on on my Instagram page but this lady is a co-founder of PNH Boutique which stands for Papa and Hetty and they also have a PNH home as well and she was ranked number 1 in one of Vusi Tembewaya's entrepreneurial support program she's also in the top 50 thriving female founders and winner of the Global Business Excellence Award. She has also featured on various SA media outlets like ENCA and in fact she just yesterday she was on the Morning Flavor on Metro FM giving sound advice to a jewelry design business owner. Ladies and gentlemen, Hetty Boachi Adom, affectionately known as Hetty the Entrepreneur. How are you my lady? I'm very well, Chabu. It's always great to catch up with you and to have these insightful conversations with you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, always a pleasure. Yeah, I know you're always willing, you know, to come back and just give value like you always do. So the topic at hand today is a very interesting one and which is particularly why I had to have you come here. to come and just educate us further on the subject matter which is what type of employee are business owners looking for right and are they even looking to hire people given what has become of the world you know and maybe before you even answer that perhaps you could give a little bit of a background of yourself it's always great hearing it from the horse's mouth and then maybe moving into answering the question. All right, thank you so much Jabu. So, as you mentioned, my name is Hetty. I'm the co-founder of PNH Boutique, which is South Africa's largest African print retail brand. This is a business that we actually started in the spare bedroom of our home and was able to grow it and build it into nationwide stores. Over and above our retail stores, we also have our own factory where our garments are locally produced as well. And over and above that, we've got PNH Homes, which is a real estate company that invests in cash-positive properties throughout South Africa. So that is another love of mine. But over and above that, I think the overarching thing for me is entrepreneurship, mentorship. 
and I love to give back into that particular space. And I'm really happy to be having the conversation about what type of employees businesses are looking to hire. So the long and the short of it, Jabu, is that businesses are no longer looking to hire employees. Um, we the, mm. the relationship between employer-employee is dead. It's dusted, it is buried. What we are now looking for, Jabu, is we are looking for partners. We are p- looking for individuals that have an owner-manager type of mentality and attitude to bring into an organization. So typically, an hmm. employee is an individual that is given a job spec that this is your cost to company. And in exchange for that, these are the 10 deliverables that we expect from you. So as a result of that, people deliver on the 10 deliverables and they go home and they're satisfied that they have contributed sufficiently to the growth and development of a company. Those days are now gone. What businesses are looking for is partners, people that are going to come on board and deliver over and beyond the mandate that they have been given, people that are going to come with innovative ideas, solutions, disruptive thinking that can allow the organization to not only thrive within a linear perspective, but to actually outperform and disrupt within their industry and in their market. So we're no longer looking for employees. We're no longer looking to tick off um, a list of types of people that need to fill up an organogram. We are now looking for partners. And that has completely changed the game because it now speaks to the type of individuals that we bring into an organization. So we no longer longer use bragging rights of the quantity of individuals that you have in your organization. Our bragging rights are now related to the quality of individuals that you bring within your team. Wow, that that is just a complete shift as well in the mindset, not only on the employee and like you've now articulated a new a partner and even on the business side or the business owner or the employer's side, it, it's a totally different shift now. And I think, you know, that's, it has, it, you're basically inspiring a new way of thinking and a new way of approaching it as well. Absolutely. You see, there comes a point in time for every organization, every business in which they either need to disrupt themselves or the marketplace will disrupt them. So if you are employing according to the same criteria that you have been employing for the past 50 years, then what's going to happen is that you are going to get a market player that enters into the marketplace and they're going to disrupt the very comfortable foundation upon which you have built your organization. So in order to have longevity and in order to to have staying power, you need to be able to tap into agility. And the only way for a business to remain agile is if the business disrupts itself. 
if the business cannibalizes itself so that it's able to emerge and transition into something new. And the way in which you do that is you bring in new blood, fresh ideas, innovative thinking, so that you are able to disrupt yourself. So in the past, for example, if you are running a bank, you would typically bring in other bankers. What we are now seeing within the marketplace is that if you want to have a bank that is forward thinking, that is growing at an exponential rate, then you need to bring on board entrepreneurs. You need to bring in, you need to bring on board futurists. You need to bring on board app developers, individuals that are not confined to the typical banking thinking and mentality who can bring in a fresh and different perspective of how to position yourself in the marketplace as a leader. So in order, for example, for a business to grow 2%, they need to think 2% differently. They need to do 2% differently and they need to hire 2% differently from what they have done in the past. So you need to disrupt yourself or the marketplace will do it for you. Wow. You know, I think you've really, really wonderfully answered the question, the follow-up question I had in terms of our businesses now having to be more strategic in how they go about hiring. You've given a very good example in the banking example that you just said, that they need to bring on board entrepreneurs, visionaries, people that are nimble enough to implement systems and not to be set and stuck in their old ways or the old way of doing things, you know? So that, that is very key. That is very key. In fact, you know, you reminded me, what you just shared with us now reminds me of a quote or rather something that I read in a book. And I feel it ties in perfectly with what you're saying. And it simply says, every company has room for the man or woman with a definite plan of action, which is to the advantage of that company. So that in and of itself just proves that if you're willing to be a partner and I guess, shift your mindset and no longer think of yourself or regard yourself as an employee, but rather as a partner, then you have an advantage. So I must ask you this, yes. do you have, do you believe you have partners in your business? And if so, why? What makes you think that? Absolutely. So within our own organization, what we do is we don't employ employees. We actually bring on partners and we teach them on the concept of entrepreneurship. So entrepreneurship basically is uh, it's the concept of applying business principles within your work environment in order to get different results. So we develop an owner-manager culture. So within the work that you do, you own that particular space. You have the ability to seek um, more clients. You have the ability to come up with innovative ideas. You have the freedom and the space to bring solutions to the table. And as a result of that, you are also able to increase your earning potential 
because of the growth that you're able to bring to the organization itself. So in the past, the incentives of the way that we would remunerate employees would be based on a fixed cost to company structure. Now what we are Mm. saying is why not incentivize Uh, your partners to actually go above and beyond? Why not incentivize them to tap into their innovative uh, parts of their brain, the creative part of their brain? Why not incentivize them as partners to actually be able to grow the organization? Now, obviously, what happens is that the byproduct of innovation within an organization falls into the bottom line. And that byproduct, therefore, should be shared with your partners so that they have a greater piece of the cake. So often at times we think that staff is just the cherry on top of the cake. But what if they Mm. form part of the ingredients to bake something together that is actually world-class and renowned? So that is what we do. So in as much as leaders and managers within our own organization, in in as much as we educate ourselves, we, we focus on our personal growth and development, we ensure that we do the exact same thing with our partners because these are the brand ambassadors of your company these are the people that are going to be speaking to your customers and that are front facing so the as much energy and finances that you pump into your own development the same should be done to your partners by inculcating an entrepreneurship culture within your organization and that's what we do within ours Wow, thank you for sharing that. You know, so tell me something. How, if, for for example, someone is listening on here now and they're thinking to themselves, okay, Hetty, I hear what you're saying with the concept of, okay, forgetting about employee, but now thinking partner. How do I, how do I unlearn that? Where do I start to to be able to, think more in that way, in that fashion, so that I can position myself as a partner instead of an employee. All right. So if you are looking from a person who is looking to get employed within an organization, I take it that's the perspective from which you are asking. What I would begin to say is begin to look at yourself as a personal brand. Begin to look at yourself as a personal brand. So when you are looking at a company that you want to join, look at it as I want to join this company to come on board as a partner. So you now need to start thinking to yourself, what is the value that I can bring to this organization? What can I bring to the table that would be of benefit to this particular company? Once you are able to to solidify your value proposition, you need to be able to shout it from the rooftop. How often at times do people go to job interviews? They asked a predetermined set of questions. Perhaps it's 10 or 12 questions. They ask you, do Mm -hmm. you have any questions for us? And people will say, oh, no, not really. Or how soon are you looking for someone? (laughs) That's that's what we will generically say. 
What if you are able to say, well, actually, yes, I do. So, for example, I looked at your, 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 your company's growth trajectory, and I would like to understand what are your strategic plans for this company's growth, because this is how I think that I can be able to contribute to that particular strategy. Wow. So you need to be able to position yourself just as if you were a business. How would you pitch a business? How would you pitch a concept? How would you pitch a project? That is how you should be positioning yourself when you go into these job interviews. By so doing, you also automatically open yourself to be positioned into rooms that would typically not necessarily be designed for your particular job description. But because you have positioned yourself as an individual of value, doors begin to open for you that may previously have been closed. You begin to inculcate and implant a seed within the organization that if you want things done, this is the person to speak to. When you are able to build a personal brand for yourself, you will now begin to see that even within the marketplace, you begin to have value similar to a business that has value. And once your commodity, which is your personal brand, the value of that goes up, what happens? Then we're able to attach financial and monetary value to the value that you are bringing mm -hmm. to the table. Before you know it, you are being headhunted. Before you know it, you are then being positioned as a sought-after expert within your industry. That means things like PR, exposure, etc. So do not go to job interviews as an employee, as a candidate. There are hundreds and thousands of those. How are you going to stick out from the crowd begin to position yourself as a personal brand so that through doing so so many more opportunities are able to open up for you and over and above that the organization benefits by having you within the organization you therefore become an asset to them wow absolutely you know there's I find it interesting that I'm sure perhaps in your experience, perhaps one when you were in the corporate uh, world, mm. that uh, I don't know if you had the opportunity to be recruiting people or being in that space of, you know, of watching over the recruiting process. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So I what I found myself is that a lot of people, they lack the confidence, they lack the, assert the assertiveness and self-belief and understanding as you have so eloquently put that I am myself, I'm a personal brand. I am a brand in and of myself and I have a lot to offer and I am not here at your mercy, but I'm here as a partner to see how I can add value to you. And we can therefore have a, a reciprocal type relationship that's mutually beneficial. Absolutely. I think I, I absolutely agree with that. You know, it's interesting. So, for example, think of your own purchasing decisions and how 
you purchase a product and view the interview process and recruitment process within the exact same fashion. So if you go to a, a grocery store, for example, and you want to purchase bread, you walk through the aisle and you see all the different types of bread. There's white bread, there's brown bread, there's whole wheat, they're different brands, they're all kinds of things. So you look through the entire array and offering that's available. You look at the benefits of each, you look at mm -hmm. which one is healthier, you look at the price differentiation, you look at the different branding and your own perception that's attached to those brands, etc. And then you pick one of them up because through whatever has been communicated from the packaging, it has influenced you to make a purchasing decision. The recruitment process is exactly the same thing. So if you are packaged exactly like every other candidate, if you are saying the same thing as every other candidate, if you're positioning yourself as every other candidate, what then influences the purchasing decision for you to be chosen over a different candidate? When everybody is operating at a level of 60%, it only takes one person to operate at a level of 61% in order to be chosen. So that 1% different matters. In what way are you going to reflect that 1%? That is how we should approach the process. <laughs> wow, that's a, it's a, that's a very good analogy that helps, you know, drive the point across very simply, you know, without being complex or anything of that sort. Mm. So, so now I, I'm, I'm very curious to know that in your process, in your various or your company, your organization, and perhaps the different business interests you have, like what is, what are the top three attributes, if you will, that you are looking for in that potential partner that you're looking to recruit? All right. So first of all, perhaps what I should give you some insight into is actually our recruitment process, right? So by the time okay. a person reaches the interview stage, we've already determined that this person has the requisite qualifications to be a part of the company. So we're not interviewing you to understand if you have the academic or intellectual capacity to be there. We've understood that it's, it's, it's a given. What we now are looking to determine is what is the attitude with which you are coming into an organization? What is the attitude with which you are coming into our environment and space? Because the energy that you bring matters. So we do not do interviews and recruitment in the traditional style where you sit down, have a conversation, and you'll hear back from mm -hmm. us in a day or two or in a week's time. That's not how we do it at all. What we begin to do is we do aptitude tests for um, and paint different scenarios to find out how do you respond to situations of stress? How do you respond mm. to situations that present themselves outside of the norm? How do you respond in coming up quickly on your feet with an idea to solve a unique problem? We do role-playing as well. So we give you a problem and we expect you to come back with a solution. We tap into your creativity so that we can see how innovative you are. 
because you see the businesses that are standing the test of time today are the businesses that have had the ability to adapt. Now, we talk about adaptability from a very holistic perspective, but actually adaptability and the ability to disrupt oneself actually happens on the ground on a granular level. It happens with individuals. So a lot of people are shocked and perplexed at the moment that Musica is closing down. And they're saying, but why didn't they innovate? Why didn't they go digital? Look at Spotify. Look at Apple Music. How could they not see that this is the way that the world is going? And here is the thing. Musica, every organization, including our own, is made up of human beings individuals like you and I, Jabu. So when you go into the HR department, is HR hiring based on the same premise that they've been hiring for the past 20 years? If that is the case, then HR is not disrupting itself. That means not wow. getting in the necessary blood that is required to be able to disrupt the company. Then you go to the accounting department. If the accounting department is looking to make the exact same profits or within a 2% margin of what they've been doing all along, that means that the accounting department is not reporting on any methodology that will allow the organization to grow exponentially. Therefore, the accounting department is not disrupting themselves. Then you begin to look at the marketing department. The marketing department will then tell you that no, in order to get onto TikTok, in order to develop an app, in order to get onto YouTube, it's going, we need to go through X following processes of red tape. By the end of the year, none of those objectives have been met. Therefore, they are not disrupting themselves. Then all of a sudden you hear the news that Musica is going down. Why? Because within the organization itself, you have groups of people that are unwilling to disrupt what they do on a daily basis in order to have a, uh, an exponential and domino effect in terms of disrupting the marketplace. So the biggest, the, the biggest threat to big businesses at the moment is small businesses that do not need to undergo red tape, that are not married to their historical successes, and that are willing to disrupt at any given point. That is the biggest threat to, small, to big businesses at the moment, the ability to disrupt oneself. So when we look at our hiring processes, we are actually looking for partners that will challenge and say, but Haiti, your company has been doing this for five years. Why are you still doing it in this particular way? What if we tried it a different way? That is what we are looking for. Because if you do not disrupt yourself, you will be disrupted. And unfortunately, when the marketplace disrupts you, you literally have no control over the process. <laughs> You know, that what you just uh, described now, it, it proves that that's obviously the reason why a lot of companies or big business, they are unable to stand, withstand the test of time. And also that the perhaps the owners of the business or the company are 
not wanting to hear a Heti or Chablani asking, hey, but hang on, why are you doing this the same way you've been doing it? Some see it as a form of, you know, disrespect or complete disregard of authority, if you will. And so they don't, they don't receive well, you know, uh, an argument, if you will, or a challenge that is outside of what they know and what they believe has worked for many, many years, you know. So thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Absolutely, Chavu. I agree with you 100%. You know, when you you birth anything new, when you create anything new or you go through a transition, it is never comfortable. So human beings, by our very nature, we have set a certain levels and equilibrium of comfort. And anything that threatens that level of comfort, we begin to naturally push away. So even when you start exercising again after a period of not doing so, your body retaliates. How dare you make me be active when we've been relaxing all of this time? How dare you eat healthy when you've been feeding me all of these Let's go back to relaxing. Exactly. So you have to push through that resistance in order to transition into something different. And the same applies to business. So unfortunately, what happens is we become defensive and we we become defiant to, to new ways of doing things because it pushes us beyond our comfort zone and, and, and asks of us to set a new level and new standard of equilibrium. And that is what agility is about. And you see, the thing about disruption in business is it cannot only happen once. So there was a point, for example, using the musica analogy, where musica was mm-hmm. disruptive. That was in their heyday. But over time, that level of disruption now becomes the norm. It now becomes the standard. So in order to move to the next level, you need to disrupt yourself again and again and again. So when you look at businesses that have stood the test of time for over 150 years, it is because that business has died, resurrected, died, resurrected, over and over and over again. Wow. I actually never saw it that way. And it makes perfect sense because you have to uh, unlearn certain things and just relinquish them, which is something that a lot of businesses or people and individuals are not willing to do. You have to relinquish the old habits that don't work anymore, that are that have become redundant. You have to, even if certain things have worked, well, hang on, hang on, Hetty. This has always worked. We've always done it this way. And so there's no way we can do something else or do it any different, you know? Absolutely. Which ends up being a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we let you go, Hetty, um, do you have any last departing words of counsel, perhaps to both someone who is a business owner or someone who is a partner or looking to be a partner? You know, any words of counsel you have that you can share with us here? Absolutely. I think that we are now in an age and an era where we have to do and things differently. We have to think differently. 
we have to approach things differently. And we are at a point in time where we literally have control over where we work and how we work, who we employ and how we employ them. So let's begin to interrogate our processes. Are they still working for us? If they're not, why not? As an organization, what you are looking to bring in is partners that allows you to duplicate yourself. One of the scarcest commodities in the life of a business owner or an executive is time. Imagine if you're able to bring somebody on board that is able to be even 60% of what you are. That means that there is an element or of time that then becomes freed up for you to be able to focus on the things that truly matter. For those that are looking for employment, it's important for you to begin to view yourself as a brand and as a partner and go on board with the, the, the posture of a person that is coming to bring value into an organization. Understanding now that businesses are also operating online. So even finding the right partnerships and the right organizations to work with no longer needs to solely take place within the physical realm. And I think the final parting shot that I will say is that if you do not know where to begin, if you need guidance, if you need help to position your brand to position how you want your business to grow, to recruit the right type of people, to get promoted, even within the organization that you are in, then you need to ensure that you are aligning yourself with a coach, a mentor, and plugging into already existing systems that is going to help you to be able to emerge and attain what exactly it is you're looking for. So we are now living in an era of the knowledge economy. The knowledge economy is, is essentially self-education. How do I position myself to bring value? And so individuals such as yourself, Jabu, are well-placed and positioned to help organizations to bring in the right partners and also to groom the right partners to seek out the right organizations for them. So if you are unsure of how to move forward, then my advice is to link up with Jabu and get promoted to ensure that you are well positioned for the new age in which we are living in. Wow. Thank you so much, Hetty. You know, you inspired another thought here of the very reason I wrote a book. Mm -hmm. And it was basically informed by the fact that, okay, we've been following this schooling system, the existing schooling system that has, that has, um, uh, that has existed for, for donkeys of years. Why are we not looking into other ways, like you mentioned now, self-education? Absolutely. Because I believe there's a distinct difference between education and schooling. I think a lot of people, we tend to mistake education with schooling. Schooling is one thing. You need a facility, you go to it. But education doesn't stop because you're not at school or you're not being schooled. So self-education is the new norm. You have to educate yourself over and above the 
existing schooling institutions and the way of learning that we have uh, been exposed to for the more significant part of most of our lives, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. You see, the traditional schooling system, while it is very good and very necessary and has an important role to play in society, what happens is that you will undergo a program, let's say conservatively for three or four years, and what happens is you come out of that certificated. So that certificate then allows you to look for employment. And in the traditional sense, you will get a job, one job, one salary. And that salary is predetermined by the certificate that you've got. So you fall within a bracket based on the certificate Mm -hmm. you have obtained. Now, when we look at the knowledge economy and self-education, what that does is it allows you to increase the value of what you are able to bring to the table. So that means that you are no longer worth what is traditionally put within a bracket of a certificated person. That means that your brand value increases. That means that you are able to um, learn information that allows you to have multiple streams of income. That means that you are able to earn not only in rands, but in multiple currencies. That means that you Mm -hmm. become a brand that is is not restricted to South Africa, but then becomes global. So the beauty of knowledge and the self-education spectrum is that it allows you to be able to have a greater brand equity than the traditional form of education. Indeed. You know, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, you've. Um, I'm very much enlightened and I trust and know that A lot of our viewers here or listeners that are listening here, there's a lot to take away from this conversation. You've shared a lot of powerful points that will leave many of us thinking and wondering or or also thinking of ways that we can approach life and business differently. Because if we keep doing things the same way yet expecting different results, that's simply insanity. So, <laughs> absolutely. Th- thank you so much, Hetty. And uh, before, uh, so basically, we want to make sure that uh, people are able to at least get in touch with you. You know, if they need to, um, um, basically utilize your services or just reach out to you. How and where can people get in touch with you? All right, so I am on all social media platforms, predominantly Instagram and Facebook. It's Hetty the Entrepreneur. And within those platforms, I give a lot of entrepreneurship advice. So it's Hetty the Entrepreneur. And you can basically find me online through those various platforms. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to hopefully having you back here again because... You never stop giving undeniable value, and we appreciate you for that. Thank you so much, Jabu. I really appreciate it, and thank you so much to your listeners as well. I'm Jablan Masilela, and you've been listening to Be The Change with Jabu podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate this podcast, and also to leave us a review and share it with your friends. You can follow me on Instagram at jabu underscore coach, and on Facebook at Jablani C. Masilela. Thank you for listening.